What's going on, everyone? And welcome to Method in the Madness. This is the podcast that not only delves deep into design and creativity, but also leadership, productivity, and also personal development. And this is episode 11, and I'm super excited about this episode because I get to speak to Mr. Gavin Strange, who is an incredibly talented designer and director from Ardman Animations, but is also a huge proponent for creative side projects where he explores his own animation work, filmmaking, illustration, music making, and even toy design, which is just awesome. But uh, I've been a huge fan of Gavin's work for quite a while now, but after recently seeing him speak at the Dibby conference in Edinburgh, I reached out to him, and not only did Gavin very kindly agree to kind of come on the show, but he also invited me down to the Ardman offices, which was just absolutely awesome as you can imagine that was a bit of a dream come true for the the 10 year old inside of me but uh i had a lot of questions for gavin so we covered quite a lot of stuff in this episode but we had a really great conversation mainly surrounding you know how gavin found his start in the design and creative industry we talk about his you know self-motivation and not only to do his job but to take on so many passion projects in his spare time as well as finding the kind of right work life family balance too Gavin also gives us an insight into his creative process and tells us the stories behind some of his work, like the title sequence he did for the Off Festival in Barcelona. And Gavin also tells us about his most recent work, which was on the new Shaun the Sheep Farmageddon movie, which sounds incredible and is in cinemas right now. So make sure you go and check it out and check out Gavin's work. This is also an exciting episode because this episode is brought to you by Dinghy. And Dinghy provide insurance for freelancers and thereby freelancers. That's Dinghy in a nutshell. Their goal is to make insurance cheaper, faster and fairer. Dinghy's groundbreaking approach offers flexible pay-as-you-go business insurance exclusively for freelancers, all done through their simple and intuitive app, which is Ace. Um, and with that app, you get you know, insurance that can be turned up or down, on or off 24-7 meaning you only actually pay for the coverage you need rather than paying for the coverage that you don't need. You know, it's charged down to the second as well, which is crazy, and billed in arrears. There's absolutely no fees or admin charges ever. And you can get a quote within 40 seconds and a policy within two minutes with only eight questions to answer, which is less than two minutes. I mean, you do well to make a good cup of tea in that time. So... Dinghy also supports freelancer groups and charities with the aim of improving freelancing and the world in general. So please head over to their website today and get your quote in seconds. So please head over to getdinghy.com forward slash M-I-T-M. That's G-E-T-D-I-N-G-H-Y dot com forward slash M-I-T-M. And without much further ado, I'd like to welcome Mr. Gavin Strange to Method in the Madness. Gavin, thank you very much for coming on the show, and thank you very much for having me at the Ardman offices here in Bristol too. You are very welcome, and massive props for saying Ardman as well. You've said it right. Well, so- I, I was going to say Ardman, but then I heard you pronounce it a Dibby, so I was just like, no, no, the pr- proper way of pronouncing it. Now, the so. guys that started the company, Dave and Pete, they're so good, and I mean, I must have worked here five, six years, and then only click that they say Ard- Ardman. I'm like, oh God, everyone else says Ardman. <laughs> You know, and every, everyone does, and they're so sweet that they've not just, every time you say it, just stop you and go, um, I employ you, 
So can you say it right? <laughs> that's, so, that's so nice. Hate to correct you, but it's <laughs> yeah. actually art, man. Yeah. I it? often think it must have just driven them mad, but they're yeah. very sweet. <laughs> oh, well. No, thank you. So oh, you're welcome. It was yourself that actually taught me how to say it properly. Good, so good. Go. Well, I'm glad I've passed on that good knowledge. <laughs> you are a designer, animator, author, keynote speaker, music maker, toy designer, and obviously a dad. Uh, so you are a very busy man. Try to be. Try yeah. to be. But if you don't mind, I would like to kind of rewind a little bit and kind of go back. Um, could you tell us a bit about how you found your start in design and creativity? Yeah, sure. I mean, I didn't go to university. So my sort of real first start in the industry was as a junior graphic designer. I I went to college, so did a two-year BTEC National Diploma in Graphic Design in Leicester, where I'm originally from. Uh, and that, But that was really because... I didn't know what else to do. I didn't I didn't know or understand the paths that creativity could take you. The like many people who went to school in, you know, eighties, nineties, I don't think the career um guidance was particularly helpful or yeah. wide <laughs> wide, you know, in its scope. I so, remember my uh, career guides I got told to not do design. Really? And I was just like, Have you considered engineering? <laughs> I was just like you clearly have never seen my marks at school. <laughs> well, I think it's just a <laughs> sort of a real narrow I, it just felt like there was such a narrow set of paths that you could take. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, that didn't really open up anything for me. And it was just, I really liked art and I liked creativity. I was really drawn to, uh, I just was always drawn to the aesthetics of stuff. So my room, you know, was filled with posters from like computer and video games magazine. <laughs> and I, I really liked characters and, and, and I just loved the look of stuff. And I think it just, that with art, I'd always drawn and doodled and my, my dad's a really great artist. Um, he didn't become a professional artist. He is an engineer, funny enough. Um, that's that's what he was. Uh, maybe he was told the same thing. It was just, you should be an engineer. Um, uh, and it was just, a, you know, my parents encouraged me to, you know, it's okay to not know what to do, but at least move forwards with something. You yeah, know, don't yeah, yeah. just waste your time. Go go onwards, which is something that has definitely sort of followed through my whole life. So they were quite supportive with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. I, I, some parents would probably freak out. I, th I think they were freaking out in a sense of we just wish you'd have a clue. <laughs> really, you know, I got the sense because I, I don't remember having any real back then, you know, 14, 15, 16, any real like this is what I'm going to do. But they were very, they were, they were patient that's probably the best way to mm. say they were patient they de they i know that they wanted me to to have a plan yeah i just didn't know what to do but but yeah i basically sort of fell into to this two-year b-tech at, at design school where i just was was not very good but i loved it i really loved it i was surrounded by very very good people who i'm, I'm still very good friends with today who are doing great things but i just i i didn't i didn't shine in any particular way i loved it. I was so yeah. in the world, but um, I was just a bit of a jack of all trades back then. I loved typography, but I always also loved graphic design and photography and illustration and music and film. Like I, I spent so much of the first couple of years with, with a buddy of mine just writing terrible scripts because we <laughs> sort of wanted to be filmmakers rather than designers, which funny enough is what I do now. But, yeah. you know, I was just a bit of a scattergun approach, uh, but, but it was being there that showed me all the different roles. Well, uh, just a very small fraction of the different roles that were out there in the in the industry and and it, it was just a great place to play i think that's mm. probably what I, what I got i like the creative freedom and again our lecturers our tutors wanted us to to 
go in a direction that would end up in employment or yeah, yeah, or, or university uh, predominantly university but um yeah it was it was not doing the university thing which led me to apply uh, basically look for jobs because i wanted to get in the industry and yeah I've, i i managed to swing a job as a junior graphic designer at a local design firm in leicester so that was that was my start really it's yeah. very muddy and then as things evolve, you know, that next step just gives you a little bit more clarity and a little bit more confidence as well as to, oh, wow, you know, being employed as a, I hadn't even turned 18 at the time, 17-year-old <laughs> being given a little bit of money to be a a paid creative yeah. to, to make things for people, that that gave me such a thrill and a boost. I wanted to just go forwards with it. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, sometimes it doesn't really feel like a job. If you no, enjoy it as much no. as you and I mean, probably it's, do, it's, so. it's, it's, of course, everything has its difficulties, and sometimes you have great days, and sometimes you have less great days, and <laughs> that's just life, isn't it? That is just the ups and downs of being a human being. So I just think, you know, if we're so fortunate enough to work in this industry, where really uh, at the end of the day we get we get paid, you know, to to make things for other people, and that's that's awesome. You yeah, know, that is really awesome. I, I do. I <laughs> in often, comparison to some jobs, it's oh certainly man, is, that's for sure. oh definitely, we're so lucky. And I do, I always think back to that 15, 16 year old kid, me, who didn't, just didn't know, didn't, didn't know what to do, where to go, what, if I was any good at anything. So to, you know, to be uh, here in my career, I just feel so thankful and grateful. I never want to forget that because others aren't so fortunate and I want to mm. work really hard to, to, to keep such a wonderful thing. You know? Yeah, so. yeah. And when you got that first job, was that, you know. Did you feel like it was all coming together then? Or was it still a few years after that? Or like, what was the first point where you thought, oh, this is kind of coming together for me. I know this is my jam. Oh, that's then... a really good question. Um, I don't know if I've ever really felt like it, it's come together in a sense of like, <laughs> but in a, in a, like, oh, this is a calculated plan where things are really falling into place. I was just so thrilled as sort of the, the, experience just developed and I would work on bigger things or work with more people or work in a different style or see something new. Every sort of stage that happened was so exciting. I didn't almost didn't stop to think. I do, I do often now, I do as a, as a dad and as a husband and with a dream job. I, I And doing talks actually obviously makes sure. you look back at what you've done. You know, I'm, I'm immensely proud and excited at the things I've done. But at the time, I'm sort of, I just like, not worrying too much about and just put using my brain energy just in the moment just making hopefully good stuff and, and being excited and try not to psychoanalyze it because otherwise you can go the other way as well right yeah. you could be like well i don't deserve this and Humongous oh, you know what syndrome. the universe has been really kind to me so obviously what happens next is uh, something terrible is going to happen so you know so i try not to because you know time and energy is so it's so mm. small and so hard to come by. I try and just use it to be in the moment and get excited. And, and I feel like that has happened since I first started my career. It is loving what you're doing, trying to find new opportunities purely because you're excited by them, doing them when you can, sharing them, and then seeing where that takes you. Sometimes it takes you nowhere. Sometimes yeah. it takes you in a totally different direction. And then sometimes direction. it doesn't actually you know, take you anywhere immediately. Five, yeah. ten years yeah. down the line, somebody will get in touch or, you know, it presents an opportunity further down the line. Definitely. It's, it's, it's connecting the dots. And I think that's what the nice thing is. You know, I recommend it to anyone to, uh, I, I recommend to anyone to do talks anyway. I think it's really, it's a fun, terrifying, but wonderful experience. But at the same time, yeah. you're forced to look, look back and plot, you know, you will plot your own path and go, oh, I didn't know that was connected. But, mm. you know, I'm really glad that I did this at the time. Maybe it didn't feel great. 
you know, you got through it in whatever guise that is, but that's led you to where you are. I think that's really nice as a yeah. sort of a, as a human being to. Well, I think it's just like look at that. Sometimes you're just so busy and caught up in your day job that you don't, as you said, you don't take that moment to reflect and you don't take that moment to go like, you know, have the kind of pinch me moment of like, yeah. oh, I actually got to work now. That was yeah. that was cool. Like, yeah. and it won awards and it did this and it did this for me or whatever it may yeah. be. Or, you know, having the moment to reflect and going, oh, if I was like that 14 year old Gregor yeah. telling him, I'm, you're going to be working on this in 10 15 years it blow your mind right yeah it yeah absolutely and then you're your like I, I should really be more appreciative <laughs> but i think it's just a really special thing so i think when it comes down to it, really you know there's there's not much else really in the world you know you are <laughs> the sum total of your experiences and your emotions and your interactions and the things that happen to you so i think it's nice to sort of take a minute and go flipping heck that was mm. that really meant a lot to me because what else is there you know be kind to yourself and and just and just it's nice to reminisce and it's also nice to sort of think back and go flipping out that didn't work it's so great but i'm here now <laughs> yeah, yeah you know to look past uh what did happen i i mean it's not for everyone maybe everyone's just like what just i want to just get on with stuff <laughs> while you're sitting around just thinking about everything <laughs> i remember how it used to be uh but for me i, I really enjoyed it yeah yeah Re like reading back on your career and other interviews that you've done in the past you know since you have taken i suppose a, a less I hate to use the word traditional in terms of going to university and doing things a certain way. You seem to be very self-efficient and very self-motivated and it's kind of all been out of your own doing. Like you've not kind of, just from interviews, I could be wrong, but I suppose there's never been like a mentor that you've mentioned or a particular person or a particular place that's kind of, you know, really made you step up. Have you ever had a mentor that has like really kind of helped you or are you just incredibly like self-motivated and self-driven? No, I'm massively lazy. No, <laughs> no, I have, I have had a lot of, um, a lot of mentors along the way. Actually, that's the thing. I've had real like guiding principles from pe from people, and, and uh, definitely uh, the more I look back, I can totally see my parents' drive, mm. and that's where I get it from. That sort of we don't mind what you do, just do something. I, yeah. I definitely know that 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 is massive from them. But at every stage, you know. So when I was in design college, it was our tutor Kate and the rest of the tutors who were bless her because I was really rubbish and I kept having to redo work. But she still sort of stuck with me and sort of pushed, you know. So it's people like that. But then in my first job, I had my boss Nathan, who. I was junior graphic designer and then switched to being junior digital, well, junior web designer mm. with him in this tiny team, literally the team with me and him. It's not really a team, is it? Two people. <laughs> and it's just a duo, yeah. And he he was the one that made me start Jam Factory, which is my sort of alter ego slash yeah. digital website stuff. Because he 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 just sort of without questioning was like, well, no, all, all the stuff you're excited on, you know, you should go home and try and tinker with this stuff. Because I was learning coding at the same time. Mm. I was teaching me HTML and CSS. And so I would always go home and sort of the latest visual style that I love online, I would sort of copy that and then sort of try and copy the code. And on a weekly basis, I'd redesign my site and make it all wonky and chonky. And it was him that was sort of like, no, that's really interesting. So so he was always there. And he was a real sort of provoc provocateur to me. And sort of we would fall out and we would, you know, I was a 17, 18-year-old kid and he was a, you know, a 30-something-year-old. And I was just so wet behind the ears. I also believed anything. Oh, he told me loads of lies all the time. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like he, an older brother. I he told me that things. they shut the internet once a year to uh, for cleaning. 
And I, I just remember. I mean, it could have been way worse. I remember my brother once telling me, you know, I was very young, just for people listening, going, you absolute moron. But he's I mean, lying, my, he was 25. My brother, <laughs> so a couple of years ago, <laughs> my brother once telling me that seven years in Tibet was about a man finding like a special coffee bean. And then, like, I just took that as gospel, having never got an interest to watch the film. And then, like, years later, I mentioned it in front of my mates, and they're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, oh no. <laughs> so much but, information is basically lies from yeah. your siblings or your parents, isn't it? Yeah. So I know how that feels. Um, um, so yeah, so I have, I have people <laughs> like that, Nathan, who is, who is just, it, uh, yeah, he was like a big brother slash dad slash mentor slash everything slash antagonizer. And he, you know, he was really instrumental in sort of giving me the confidence actually to tinker, hmm. to tinker and get things wrong and make mistakes and play. And then, um, so unbeknownst to him, he then gave me the confidence to leave and and work for myself, um, as well as all the people I met at the design agency. Yeah. You know, particularly Andy and Rich, who were great designers. Who, you know, I looked up to them doing creative work. You know, they were very professional and very. They were just doing it. They were like, you're a grown up doing design. You know, it was really inspirational to see. And then when I joined Ardman. It was Dan Ifagan, who's one of my dearest friends now. He's now Group Creative Director of Interactive and he's a huge presence here at Arban. But when he joined um, 12 years ago, you know, the interactive team, the digital team back then was 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 tiny. It was a handful, four or five people. And, and he needed a designer and, and he got me in this freelance. Um, 12 years later, I'm still yeah. here. 11 years later. Must so. be doing something right. Uh, hopefully. Um <laughs> Yeah, and you know, he's been a guy, he's, he is such a unique individual in the fact that he's very kind and he's very open and he's very good at seeing the benefits of any situation and calmly weighing them up and calmly getting you to sort of be a better person. I don't mm. actually know how he does it. It's amazing. But he's, he's, very, he's just <laughs> loved in this company. He's just, he's a very unique person. You know, I'm really proud to call him my friend and I, I love that he's my you know, he has been and continues to be my mentor. He's never, uh, you know, he's probably like, oh, that Gav guy just keeps hanging around. <laughs> but I love, you know, he's hey, someone I he very, <laughs> very much look up to him and and see how he operates and does things. And there's loads of people like that here at Art Man that are just, they've, they've done things in their own way, in their own path. Yeah. Um, and I find that really, you know, Dave and Pete, who started the company, they, they started this when they were teenagers yeah. and this is now 40 plus years their their thing it's well now crazy. it's ours you know it's employee owned. yeah i know i was gonna year, mention that like, which is really special like what what was that like like finding out that it's going to become employee owned oh, so was it just special. like <laughs> broken over to you by an email or was there like a big i i think i think we all sort of had rumbling slash we just sort of knew because dave and pete are very very compassionate people and it, it it's just always been known that they fiercely want Ardman to be independent sure and that's what's what i love personally is that it's it's not owned by a big conglomerate there's no you know there's no big sort of uh, dark sort of financier that's pulling yeah. the strings it is it is made by the people that, that help build the company so then it just it was a massive surprise and just an honour, but at the same time, it felt totally right yeah. that we would have it. And Dave and Pete are still massively, massively, course, massively yeah. involved. Um, it just felt really sort of special. And it just sort of just added another layer of that um, pride, really. Of not I was only... about to say, like, being employee-owned, must there be, is there like, I'm not saying that you didn't care before, but like you almost like there's so much more in it for you because like it's like we're all in the same boat together. Yeah, it's definitely. not like anyone's probably, you know, probably did 
well for lowering staff turnover and all this kind of stuff because like who wouldn't want that well like, exactly we I mean, all own a piece of this so yeah. like we're all in the same i think we just all amplified to... it yeah i think it was already there i think there's a real pride like people hang around Armand for for a long time you know we, mm. we people are here for 20 surprised. 30 years <laughs> you know because it's just a very special place and 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 it's hard to describe it without talking like you're just in love with a cult but because it <laughs> but because it's they're so honest and genuine i think that's what's so nice and feels so refreshing about it it's just everyone cares about making a nice thing in whatever format whether that's a video game or a commercial or a or a, or a toy or mm. a film or whatever you know it's just a genuine honesty behind making it and that said so then when it was even more so you know the onus has always been on you taking pride in your own work but then taking pride in your own work because this is all yours i just it just is that extra level you know it kicks it kicks it into high gear sort of thing it's really really nice yeah that's ace I'm, um, I'm just gonna pull that button down sorry it's really nah nice. nah on you go for those of those listening i'm looking out onto a lovely kind of roof terrace that's got a sean the sheep and a grommet sitting on it in the gorgeous bristol sunshine yeah i know but uh sorry listeners nah, nah. i'm sure that was thrilling for you all to hear <laughs> you recently spoke at design it build it in edinburgh and uh, i mean definitely your talk, all your talks that I've seen are super energized, <laughs> high energy, really dynamic. And the thing that I loved about it was the kind of honesty and the vulnerability about your story and your career and, uh, you know, about the creative industry. And one of the kind of, I suppose, biggest takeaways is the, you know, do it your own way. Like, there's no right or wrong way of doing what you want to do in the kind of creative industry. Um, why do you think that is so important? I think, and do you know what? This has been feels like a sort of a personal revelation in the last couple of years, actually, of finding confidence and solace in. No, it's okay that I think that I think to do it this way, or I've done it that way, or that's the path I've taken. It. You spend so much of your energy, obviously, looking to other people, um, how they've done it, how they've got there. You know, when you're trying to plot your own path, you obviously look to others who've been there or doing it. Yeah, sure. And then it's just, yeah, it just felt like a, a big turnaround of no it's okay that you're doing it your way it's almost like a quiet acceptance that i never planned or thought about but then the more that's happened the more i've thought about it but no this there's there's something in the calmness of going no that's okay you'll figure it out and if it doesn't work out you you've you've not been untrue to anyone else or yourself because you've gone no i just tried it my way and i think actually a big sort of part of it actually has been getting more and more into music because that's always been something I've been interested in but never had the confidence to play mm. and then just through just buying sort of equipment I've just started tinkering and doing stuff and just realized there is literally no right or wrong way to make that stuff because it's about it doesn't even matter who listens or, or not it's totally free and expressive and it for some reason it took doing a different medium that made me go no this applies to everything yeah <laughs> it doesn't matter the end output is the end output my boss once says you're only as good as your last piece of work it's mm. like that your output is 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 that that how you got there is is for you i think the creative industry out. as well specifically i might be a slightly biased because we're in it but you know no one really cares what degrees you have or whatever if you're a nice person and yeah. you're really good in terms of the work you produce whatever that is yeah then anyone will employ you oh, like you don't need true. to have yeah. certain grades or certifications no. like we're in 
a benefit that that's not yeah. really part of our industry. Yeah, it's the work that you make and what you're like as a human being. Yeah, definitely, because you might have you might have two people on paper that've got the exact same qualifications, but if that that one individual is just showing more passion or more engagement or more kindness or more humility or, mm. or whatever, being a human being wins out. And then you know when you know that you're like, oh, okay, well actually, it's about being good and being uh, putting out good work. And what a CV says is is relevant for some industries, of course. And yeah. sometimes, depending on the job, you might oh we're doing this, and actually we need someone with a degree in so and so because of the you of know course, there is yeah. obviously always justification be- behind it. But generally, yeah, it is about the person's personality and the quality of their, yeah. their work, isn't it? It's all, like, as long as, you know, you can always spot, I find, when you're recruiting people or you're just, like, you know, helping other people recruit people, personality over, like, portfolio usually yeah. trumps for me because you could be the best designer or best creative or best photographer or best artist in the world, but if you're a nightmare to work with, then... Yeah no one's gonna really want to work with you if no. your attitude stinks then yeah it's just like yeah no thanks and it I'd might, rather get you, have... might get you somewhere yeah you know, and unfortunately wrong, but... sometimes it gets you quite far but at the end of the day if you were then asked the people who, who other people who are working on it they would be like yeah it looks great or it is great but you know but who who would want to be that but yeah. that's the bit i can't remember <laughs> i it would kill me oh you know you know i'm gonna find out now that people do do it I, I it would kill me to find out that someone would go home and tell their partner about how much of a nightmare you were as a, as yeah. a person to work with that'd be awful wouldn't it yeah. doesn't matter how wonderful the thing you make is if if the lasting memory on people's brains is oh i've got to go and do something with them oh that's awful isn't it so yeah i think and it's and that wonderful thing about that is that's so unifying what we're saying there is be a nice human being and make stuff you believe in cool yeah it's also i don't think it's particularly unique to the creative or design industries but just with social media it's almost like you get the bros online of like i got up at two in the morning did three workouts made breakfast, kissed my kids, went to work, smashed it, came back, and it's just like, oh, come on. Like, do you think, in particular, because the creative industry is a bit of a kind of, it's a, you know, spaghetti junction rather than, like, a straight road, people get pressured to almost, like, be like that, and they have to work every hour of the day to make it and, you know, kind of come under pressure of all these things that they see on LinkedIn and kind of act like that? I think I think so. And I think there's also, dare I say, there's probably a time for that. It depends who and where you are in your life. Personally, I got my balance wrong of working all hours massively wrong when I was in my early 20s. And I worked for myself and I didn't really keep check on, on, uh, yeah, on myself really and on my, mm. on my own health. But that I felt like that was necessary because that was a phase I went through, isn't you know? But I chose to do that. I yeah. chose to work those hours. No one was forcing me. Uh, I, that also goes to show about I should have probably been better at time management and <laughs> client management and uh, and expectation. But you know, you have to get these things wrong to know what you do right, and you know, and, and and to know what to to steer. But there's definitely a new, relatively new-ish sort of yeah. Uh, culture of working longer and harder than anyone else but you know something i say in my talks is you've got to work smarter not harder yeah know? because i do i do believe that as well some people work very quickly some people work very slowly um what you can achieve in a time frame is massively different for every single person and again it's about sort of finding the confidence in i do it like this you know i'm quite slow i i have to 
I have to sort of think about all the things first and then they sort of assemble and jumble in my brain and then it goes forward. Mm. Uh, so I'm not particularly great in brainstorms where it's idea, idea, idea. I sort of, I noodle around for quite a while and that, that's okay. I've kind of realized yeah. that's, that's okay. That's And sometimes I say that if we're having brainstorms, sometimes I'll say, oh, maybe I'll sit this one out, but I'd love to read the notes and I'd love to throw in anything and sort of trying where I can to sort of fit my process around uh, other processes if, it's going to make things better. Try, try not to force myself into a situation. But that, also, that yeah. is also a, very, a huge luxury. But um, yeah, again, it's just this whole sort of reflecting thing. And it's so hard to say all of this stuff without sounding like um, we're also in the new Instagram trend of just like, hey, just be kind to yourself. But some of these <laughs> things, they are true. They're true sentiments. Live your best life. Yeah. It's sort of like statements that get written on the kitchen wall. It's... It's hard. Oh, those, it's hard. Those, those things are banned in, in our house. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm, 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 like I love you know motivational stories and people, but these little trinkets that you get that you people hang in their bathrooms and oh, I saw say, an, kitchens and all this kind of I stuff. I saw an amazing friendships thing. and all this kind of garbage. It's like oh my god. I saw an amazing thing today on Instagram. Funnily enough, it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a screenshot from The Shining where Danny's standing outside the door that says red, red mm. rum you know scrawled in red on yeah, the door yeah. and it just says uh live laugh love <laughs> it was amazing i was like yes yes i want that as a friend um, but again you know but then there's also something i think about you know you go down that trend then hang on all these statements are just meant to be kind to mm. other people and the sentiment is lovely you know we're living in an age of, of full-on negativity and just horrendous stuff so actually it's nice to be positive. Yeah. I, th I think it just, Absolutely. it's like anything, you get a bit of fatigue, don't you? Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. Um, I first came across yourself and your work when an old colleague of mine shared your off titles that you uh -huh. did, uh, which I've subsequently shared with tons of different people because oh, they're mate. awesome. Um, and if you haven't seen it, it is a stop motion typographic <laughs> rap video film, uh, which was uh, premiered at the To Open Off. Um, uh, yeah, what was that back in twenty sixteen? Twenty sixteen, yeah, yeah. Uh, and off is obviously one of the biggest creative festivals in the world. How did that project come around, and how did it kind of you get involved in that? Uh, I love how the, the the story of how this came around. So I was in Qatar in the Middle East. Off does satellite festivals, and um, it was their inaugural um, Qatar festival. They'd partnered with the VCU, which is a university in Qatar that sort of partnered with somewhere in America. It's all a very strange partnership. <laughs> but Off helped curate one of these days. And one of those days, Casey Neistat was the speaker. And then they had a bunch of other people. No, I was one of them. And just thought, okay, this sounds like a bonkers experience. This is mm. Awesome. You know, thank you very much. Off. The the, the guys who, who run off, uh, uh, Hector and Nathalie, are amazing, wonderful human beings. And we were at dinner one night. And it's very hard to go out as a group um, in Qatar. I don't drink myself, but the guys wanted a drink. And it's very hard to drink yes. in Qatar, obviously, understandably. Um, but the places you can drink are five-star hotels. So you ended up just going to these super swanky, as you can imagine, in the Middle East. They're beautiful, yeah. epic, huge things. And we go to these these places. So everyone's there's a big crew uh, eating, and, and we're just sort of having dessert. Everyone's in that, you know, having a bit of a coffee, just it's all kind of calm. And Hector, who's the director of Off and the founder, he... He's a really quiet guy. He's so interesting. He 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 internalizes all his thoughts and just makes these amazing things. Mm -hmm. And he he came over and he just sort of he's very quiet. He says, "I have a proposition for you." 
I was like, excuse me? Okay. <laughs> and then he, then he said, um, I need to have a few more drinks first and then I will ask you. <laughs> I remember thinking, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, now. yeah. What I literally cannot fathom what is going to happen next. Oh, did you know that he was the director of off at this point? Yeah, right, you know, okay. I, I think so it wasn't I, like a complete no, no, he wasn't a total, man. It wasn't a total change. <laughs> but knowing Hector, it it can be anything. You know, it can literally be anything. Um, and I was just like, okay, this is going to be a really mad trip in mm. the Middle East. Uh, and then he basically came back and said. I wondered if you and Ardman would be up for making the title, the main titles for, for next year. Straight away, I thought, oh, my days, I would absolutely love to. I would unequivocally mm. love to do them. But I, I I, cannot say yes on behalf of Ardman. That is yeah. definitely not within my room. At that time, I wasn't a director. Mm. I was a senior designer here, um, and that was not my thing. I was making lots of films on my own time, and I was I was having lots of support from Ardman, and we were making stuff in the studio, but I wasn't officially a director. But I thought, oh, a good friend of mine called Merlin is. He's a director, creative director of Wallace and Gromit, animation director on Early Man, uh, animator on Chicken Run. He has been oh, here wow. for 20 something years wonderful human being with a ton of knowledge really great guy and i just sent him a text saying um mate i have been asked the passion project all passion projects um i'd love to talk to you about it when i'm back home if you're up for a crazy project and he just sent my back saying sounds super interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. you know let me know when you get back and so so that's sort of how it came about and, and i got merlin on board because i just knew that it was going to be ambitious and also having merlin on board we then sort of made a plan and, and formally approached our, our our bosses and our people here, our man saying, we'd love to do this. It's it's a passion project. Um, but if you, if you could give us, you know, some studio time and some, some crew to help us, you know, sure. we have the cameras and the sets and things like that. Um, but then it still, it was like a passion project within the studio. You know, we were doing it in our own time and, and, and begged, begged to borrow and, and stolen hours and merlin made the big blue head so oh. people it features <laughs> dancers awesome. with big giant heads and then a stop frame puppet merlin did all the animation and mm. and um uh, and the modeling of the character as well so it was a real you know passion project but it was just wonderful it was just one of those things that just spiraled out of control and just we it was a a, a hodgepodge of just we wanted it to have energy basically you know yeah. off for us is 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 massively energy filled it's chaotic it's crazy it's wonderful it's big it's loud kind of what we wanted it to reflect all of those things and to sort of hit people make it kind of quick and punchy and hit people um with that energy and and it doesn't matter if you sort of don't catch everything hopefully people will watch it again so yeah. you know and then seeing it premiered in um in off on the booming sound system in front of three thousand people yeah, giant and screen Hector has a thing that he never watches the titles before anyone else. So he sees it for the first time with everyone else. Wow. He wants to know. I was just about to nothing. ask, like, how, like, no how, sign in, how involved or is it just like. It's insane. I've never met anyone like that. That's the thing. Crazy. And the best thing is about halfway through, uh, Natalie, who is Hector's husband and also runs the communications and PR of off, sent us an email saying, is there any, is there a frame or two we could see from the storyboard? We just want to put something in the book. Which was had a little strange, but we, we did it anyway. Merlin just quickly grabbed us a storyboard frame that it drew of our little blue character. And we didn't think much of it. And then whilst we were there, I think, oh no, the titles hadn't aired yet, actually. So still no one had seen them apart from us. There's a tattoo booth bit off. And, <laughs> and Natalie says, 
come with us. I think you want to see this. And Hector is having the storyboard frame tattooed on his leg of oh, a film wow. he's yet to see. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh, it blew because Merlin drew it. It literally blew his mind. I've got. Like, I knew that it. was going to happen. Probably would spend did, some more time on it. <laughs> like imperfections and everything. Like the circle wasn't even complete. It was a circle, yeah. and it was, it was literally a super quick board. And he was like, "I would have That's drawn it amazing. better." Oh, it's wonderful. And then we just thought, I really hope you like this film. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. It kind of starts so, uh, what's the word? You know, so subtly as well. Yeah. Like, and it's a soft, like, yeah. such a slow, soft start. And you're like, oh, what's this going to be? And yeah, is it going to be really then, long and drawn out? And yeah, and then it's just like, boom. That shot was twice out. as long. So is this for the listeners? It's a very long, grey, empty room with two very grey people, greyly typing with with some very sort of dull music. It's meant to be long and boring and represent being stuck in a space that you don't want to be stuck in. Yeah. And yeah, and it's just a long dolly shot in. And we wanted that to be even longer so people are sort of almost checking their watches. Yeah, what's like, going on? But it was almost like, I think we need to cut it a bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was, you know, a whole thing about exploding with emotion and energy and fun and punch. One of my favorite, absolute favorite projects to yeah, date. I love like, it. I love it. I keep. Uh, oh, thank you. It's one of these things that you, when you're on YouTube and you see it pop up in the recommended videos, you're like, I'm just going to give that an hour. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, how does, you know, how long is that? It's like. Uh, how long is the film? Yeah, yeah. It's about three minutes, actually. Yeah. How yeah. long from like start to finish did that take us to do? Take? Obviously, you probably it probably would have taken less if it was like something you were able to do. Yeah, if it, if like, it was a, I mean, normally a, maybe maybe that would have been possibly a ten week production, perhaps if you're doing full time. Maybe that's a real guess. But this this probably took us seven eight months, really, well, okay. because it was just just time, big borrowed and steel. Merlin's spare super busy. You know, he's always busy doing things. Um, and at that point in my career, I was doing more film. I may have time and sort of um, starting to do more sure. film work here. But yeah, so, but it then just like everything, it grew legs and it just got bigger and bigger. And, and then when we had the actual rapper, my friend POS, mm. um, do the actual raps, that, that, that changed everything. That yeah. was, that was one of the most exciting sort of things I've ever seen. It's been crazy like, hearing that for the first time. Oh, I think I listened to it at like five o'clock in the morning because we were on different times. Yeah. So he just sent me, he sent me sort of like a low quality one on WhatsApp. And I remember just my wife is still asleep. I just like leant over and put my earphones in. And then I just couldn't sleep after that. I was listening to him. Yeah. Rap. She's like, what's happening? <laughs> oh, it was awesome. Uh, being a sucker for a title sequence, mm. do you have any, are there any title sequences that stick out to you that you just say, ah, oh, I wish I did that? Oh, man. It doesn't need to be necessarily like a film. Could be. Do you know what? There's a famous uh, motion graphics title sequence for a skate video called One Step Beyond by a company Addio. called Adio. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That I used to have that on VHS. Motion graphics over live action footage. This was probably 20 yeah. years ago. And I just did not, I didn't even know what After Effects was at that point. I don't think I'd yeah. never touched it. That just blew. That I think was a big like, wow! I want, wow! I want to get into that. Actually, a lot of skate videos. Um, yeah, right. All the Twenty Hawk sequences and things like that. Yeah, they, they started getting really cool near the end. Some like, really once it got cool really popular. stuff. I'm trying there was to think one that films. had like Jurassic Five as the soundtrack. Oh yeah, that was like Ace, and then it had like you know the. Yeah, the kind of animation over live action yeah. stuff that was kind of like weaving in and out and stuff. I, I think that mixed media stuff really excited me. A lot of music videos, anything Spike Jones did, you know, anything Carl Cooper did in terms of, like the seven credits, I think for everyone just blew everyone's minds, yeah. particularly the end credits where the text goes in reverse because you you were so used to seeing black 
background, text goes from the bottom to the top. This goes in reverse with flash frames and yeah. weirdness and, um, you know, Fight Club in the 2000s, that, you know, that the mm. kind of it's been done to death now, but the flying through the neurons of the yeah. brain and, you know, the kind of the, the mad obsession with crazy CG back then. But uh, I loved all that. So, and I think that's what uh, we wanted to bring, especially for that project. But I still, you know, I still love rap videos and skate videos and films and kind of the end and video game intros and, you know, or things like, that changed it for everything like when Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation had type you know for the credits with the voice actors fade on yeah. I'd never seen that in a video game yeah. that changed everything for me because you suddenly thought about a medium in a different way by someone simply changing how the parameters worked yeah, yeah. I think that was always really exciting God, I think it was like the second Metal Gear Solid it's almost had more animation footage that you sat and watched and you oh, did yeah. like gameplay yeah but, Isn't uh, it like Metal Gear Solid 4 got like a two-hour cutscene yeah, or something, something bonkers yeah. like that? Like I sort of love how pretentious and ridiculous <laughs> that is. That's, I love that that exists. I think it's mad and uh, I think it's wonderful. Just uh, before we move off of, off of, off, sorry. Uh, I see that obviously you're doing Hustle Mania with James yeah. White. I saw that online. That will be yeah. awesome. We are back to, so we did Hustle Mania a couple of years ago and Hustle Mania is a joint talk. It was a two hour mega talk of me and James Sigmund wow. White bouncing off each other because we've got such similar talking styles and we, we're really good friends. Um, and uh, yeah, kindly Hector and Natalie said, would you come back for 20? Because 20, next year is off yeah. 20 year anniversary as well. And so we're like new talk, new combination. And it was just That'd bonkers. Be awesome. We had intro videos, we had confetti cannons, we had special <laughs> guests. You know, we kind of want to make it a show. You know, that's what I love about doing talks. I want to I want to hopefully put on a show for people as well and entertain them, even if they don't like the content. Hopefully they might come away with a smile. Yeah. yeah that'd, be, that'd be great. Um, is there anything you can tell us about this one i think it's just going to be bigger bigger better more confetti more confetti cannon that was one of the early things is we need bigger confetti cannon i mean the ones we had were pretty big but uh straight away we're like yeah we'll do it can get more confetti cannons yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah more just more more excess oh epic um do you have or would you say you have a particular kind of philosophy when it comes to your creative process or something that you always try to achieve or a particular set of steps that you go through when kind of starting on a new project no, I don't think I do actually. I think I think I'm getting better at learning my own process in a sense of when I'm getting frustrated and when I'm feeling that inevitable. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, this is a rubbish idea. What am I doing? Look at what someone else did. That's amazing. I just know that, <laughs> the, the that, shaming yourself. The, yeah, basically. I think I think, and I hope everyone goes through that and just I remembering that do. and sort of. St- just to go through it then, to go, okay, I'm in this phase then. Why am I grumpy? Oh, because I'm in that that bit of creativity. Yeah. It's okay. Get Tomorrow might be better. Next week might be better. And sort of trying not to get too hung up on it and just, I mean, it doesn't make it easier in the moment, but just having that, that you know, almost keeping an eye on it and going, well, okay, you're at that stage, are you? You know, and yeah. just trying to do it. And I think as my role changes here as well, so in the last two years, I, like I mentioned, mm. went from um, doing films in my own time. I'm now officially a director and a designer here. So I, I jump between roles. And, you know, so the different jobs are always, you know, I, this year I just finished a huge um, full CG project. And then before that was a 2D live action mix. And yeah. The big thing we've got coming up is is a stop frame um, and CG mix. So the, the, the disciplines are ever changing. The, the jobs are ever changing. The parameters are ever changing. So it's quite nice to sort of be kept on kept on your toes almost and, yeah. and sort of you're not 
I mean, it's the same creative process, right? You've got to think of the ideas. You've got to uh, work with the team to bring them to life. But yeah, I, I like sort of um, just getting excited. And I think that's my thing. I just always want to try and be positive. And sure, client wants a logo bigger, make the logo bigger. You know, <laughs> try not to get upset. Is it difficult to kind of like flip and flop between roles or kind of different types of projects? Cause, like, I really you, like you, it. You obviously find a lot of people who just you know, they find their jam or like they have one project that kind of makes it for them and then they just kind of pursue that for the end of their days sometimes and that's what they become known for. But you touch a whole different kind of different projects. So I think maybe that's that's the bit about my process I'm I like. I think maybe I'm okay at jumping between different projects and different styles. Yeah. Maybe that that's my process. My process is many processes sort of thing because I get excited about one thing and then something else will pop up so I'll go and do that but then that excitement has given me sort of new energy to approach this different problem sure, yeah. and then that solving the new thing has made me jump back to the old thing and actually I I, I love that and I think again I look back and think flipping heck I didn't know what I was going to do and what a wonderful sort of creative set of problems to have is to be able to jump from thing to thing and sort of spin plates. Yeah. Um, I find that being trusted with something makes you want to repay that trust in kind yeah. and with with gusto. And and I and I feel like that's happening more and more. And it's just sort of feels like the energy is building in me. And like, oh, great, okay, you know, every opportunity that comes along, I'm so grateful and thankful for that. I want to do my best at it and sort of see where it can go because you know i just think flipping it look, look where this has brought me mm. how, how wonderful um <laughs> and and yeah okay maybe i am i'm good at being excited i'll, I'll roll that <laughs> stoked it's a good thing to be uh, yeah be good thing to be good at life's too short not to be um i saw that you recently directed and designed the credits yeah. to the new Sean the Sheep film yeah Farmageddon that must be like a childhood dream come true oh man what yeah. was that experience like oh it was amazing so I started on the crew. So when I first heard that the uh, aliens were going to feature in the Shaw movie, I emailed the director at the time and just said, I'm really excited to hear the news because I think it was a bit of a press release and we knew a bit earlier that that was sort of the early stage of the mm. film. And I just emailed them straight away and said, hey, I'm here if you need any alien <laughs> graphics. I love I love, I love, love graphic design, I love illustration. We worked together on the first short movie. I did some some motion graphic design for that, but with sort of alien graphics. I was like, oh, I could see all of that. Um, and so then uh, I ended up doing um, motion graphic design and bits of sort of looping animation for the um, sort of interface in the alien spacecraft, wow. which was awesome. It was so awesome. It was just a dream <laughs> come true. And these things get projected and they're hologram graphics. Um, and then also there was some sort of iconography. What my favorite bit is in the in the movie, there's a scene where the, one of the characters looks at um, the instruction manual for the spaceship. And so I got to design this. The whole brief was making indecipherable, very visually confusing printed manual <laughs> and so it's it's just nonsense but it all looks like super confusing diagrams yeah. and it's like i did that you know That's it's awesome. really special to make a prop and then because i've done the alien space stuff and then i did a few more props and bits and bobs working with the awesome art team um yeah just got sort of uh, involved in conversation uh would you like to sort of throw in some ideas for the credits we, we wanted to do something different and then just sort of one thing led to another yeah. and and uh, they liked the so they're visually different there so sort of two and a half d sort of fake 3d glowing motion graphics mm. um that is very different to the stock frame animation just to there's sort of actually two sets there's like called a hod sequence which is at the end of the movie and then we go into a bit of a 
epilogue scene and then the moving credits. So yeah. there was kind of two, two Things bits. Things to work on, yeah. Which was awesome. Yeah, it was just, you know, I just find it so special to make stuff for film because that will exist forever. You know, oh. films exist forever. That's really special. And now more than ever, you know, people people stay to the end of movies. They expect stuff, which I That's won't spoil anything. You should so stay that to the end of the movie. never a thing movie. back in the day. No, it was it wasn't, just like, yeah. oh, right, see you later. And then when... Yeah, you get up when the credits roll. Yeah, right? I remember, you know, like Pixar were like some of the first people to kind of yeah. do the blooper reel for yeah. an animated film, which seems like so stupid because... It's oh, obviously... animated bloopers yeah. just doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're just making more work for yourself, yeah. but it, like everyone stays back for it now. Yeah, and, now like, Marvel, you're it. just expected oh, yeah, you have to wait. Which is also awesome because you finally get to see the names of all these hundreds of people, right? That work on things. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a really special process. It's out, so obviously we're recording it now. And second, mm. uh, you know, it's out in another two weeks on the 18th of October. And I can't wait because I haven't shared anything. Yeah. You know, I'm really proud of it. We had a great team um, doing it. And it was just, yeah, dream come true. And... The soundtrack is by two people I love. Um, and because I was also being given the text to put into the text of the credits, sure. the sections were changing all the time. And they sent me this text and I saw these artists in it. And I went, no way, no way. And I emailed the producer straight away saying, is this true? Is this true? Oh, are, they, are they doing the music for the bit that we're doing? Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so, fan yeah, boy, I can't wait for you to hear. Boy. It's big and it's bassy and it's awesome and it's fun. So, yeah, that's that's just really special. And, it's, it, you know, we made like a little mini film in a film. You know, it sure, it's yeah. a narrative. It, it tells a story. Um, and there's a, there's, a few little, um, there's a few little hidden Easter eggs in there as oh, well. Awesome. Like, you were obviously at the premiere as well. Yeah, yeah a couple of weeks ago. Well, not, I was going to say the red carpet. It wasn't the purple the red carpet, car yeah. The, the purple carpet. What was... I suppose that like seeing these people who are obviously famous faces watching your work on the big screen for the first time must be pretty surreal. Oh, it was awesome. Like with all of the odd man people, we all just like, hung around on the purple carpet. You, you generally, you know, it's a bit of a procession. Everyone goes yeah. in and we were just awesome. <laughs> you know, because it's special as well. These people, especially when you look at the animators who are the stars, you know, that they have, have breathed life into these static puppets you know I, I have a real reverence for the animators and the model making team and and, and ev everyone on it but you know this, that's their film you know yeah. to bring it to life but then we're all still like giddy school kids and the, this is the thing so the film film finished the credits rolled I was really proud and had some lovely kind comments from friends <laughs> that moment where like you just say hope oh, nobody gets out of the bloody seat I know like, everyone <laughs> sit <laughs> Um, and I just, everyone then started filtering it out. And one of the guests was Tim Peake, the astronaut Tim Peake. He, I literally was where you are now. He was standing, because we were queuing, because lots yeah. of people trying to get to cinema. He was there with his family. They all looked really happy. I think they were, I could hear them say nice things about the film. Yeah. All I had to do was say, I'm so sorry, could I shake your hand? I'm a yeah. huge fan. Also, I've got an easy win. Oh, I, I just, I, yeah. I worked a bit on the film. I bottled it. I didn't say it. And then on the next row, the person who I love who did the music also came out. I've got the perfect in there. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I did the, the help, you know, did, did the animation bit that you did. No, I just, just sort of did a goofy Bruce. smile and walked off like an absolute nana. <laughs> so, um, but even that, you know, I just, that's just so special to be there. And, and it was a real nice thing. It was the, it was the big, um, the big um, Leicester Square cinema. It was mm. absolutely huge. 800 people. And it had two tiers. I've never been in a cinema like it. It's yeah. huge. And they all have brought their kids. It's a family film. Uh, and just hearing the chuck. 
cackle and the, the funny sort of manic cackle laughter was so special. And I think, again, to go back to why I love being here is this place, you know, wants to make things with heart and charm and just wants to make people feel delightful. And I think in such trying times, we kind of need that, yeah, don't we? So um, I'm so I feel like this place is my home, you know. And so to do things like, you know, be a part of the team and make uh, make a, a small part of the movie, oh, yeah, oh, amazing. Nice. Totally one for a story to tell the grandkids. Oh, for sure. definitely. Well, uh, my I have snuck my son's name in the ah, in awesome. a bit of the thing in uh, in the stars. Ah, that's so he, when he's old enough, I will. Yeah, I will show that. yeah, that's your name. Yeah. Uh, Another big part of your kind of talk and you know your book and stuff as well is like having passion projects and side projects on the go. Um, this podcast is one of my yeah. <laughs> you are the prime example. Uh, where did this love for side projects and you know that kind of passion for passion projects come from? I think it was my boss. You know, good to go back to my boss when I had my first first job. It was him who said, you know, go home and try and do this you know just play experiment and and i just really quickly found that if you just put in i put in a little bit of effort and i felt like i had such a reward you know just self sort of, oh okay i've i've learned something or i've learned a new style or i've discovered something new the the reward for sort of putting in the energy and the effort was felt really real time for me mm. so then sort of you know, doubled the effort maybe putting a bit more time sort of got into a bit deeper and twice as much back yeah and so it's just this sort of this 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 circle really that just keeps you know giving you lovely feedback and just learning and I've, and and now to be in a place in a position that i got because of passion projects you know i spent my own time making films working with other people you know working on that craft you know that let me jump lanes almost i still am a designer and that is what i am at heart but the fact that i'm also a director as well is is only because of passion yeah, projects you know that incredible. that was my university that is my university and that's the thing it will be going on forever yeah. because you don't stop learning so it's kind of like you know it is a chance to self-learn it is your own sort of construction of education really isn't it because you are in charge that also means it's really difficult right mm -hmm. self-dedicated <laughs> self learning is really hard because you also can go oh, i'm not going to do it i'm going to yeah. play playstation you know you are at the mercy of your own um uh, tiredness laziness proactiveness all of those things yeah. combined into one and what i found with doing the podcast is you obviously become hyper aware of your verbal hang-ups yeah and what you say a yep. lot yep uh and hopefully do you edit all these as well what's that do you edit all of these unfortunately yes so you it are does. sick to the death of your own voice oh it's it's uh, the voice <laughs> is fine it's my laugh but every <laughs> single time i hear my laugh if a small piece of me dies inside <laughs> but i'm feeling like this is probably a hurdle that most people who host their own podcast yeah yeah at some point but, the barrier uh, the great filter yeah exactly it's like oh she should just turn my mic off and <laughs> just not have to listen to me just listen to the guest but i feel like over time like it will naturally help me become a better speaker yeah of course better you know conversationalist yep. uh and also like i found by doing the podcast being introduced to people from all kind of different walks of life and kind of creativity I've been finding more inspiration in my actual day job work from yeah. a wider variety of things rather than just looking at digital design or, you know, Definitely. whatever it may be. I'm kind of looking a wider field and I don't know. It's awesome. Yeah, so. no, I, I, I totally agree. Because I think a thing I, I always bang on about my talks is, um, you know, finding um, self-satisfaction. You know, if you're not if you're not going to get 
um, if you don't feel like you're getting it within your work hours or your school hours or your university hours or your whatever hours, then it's yeah. up to you really to seek it elsewhere. You know, you have to seek self self gratification in your career or your life or your love or whatever it is. Mm. And actually, I think once I clicked onto that and yeah, it made me happier to go into the day job when I was a when I was a junior and sort of I then you know that energy and excitement would feed back into that and then it is it is like a feedback loop isn't it yeah it's also just very difficult to start that but like anything and I think that again comes back to my parents it's like just start just build a tiny bit of momentum and then think you know it's 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 take that first step forwards and then you're good I think just so many people are focused on like perfecting it from the get-go and that's one thing. Another thing I had to get over with the podcast is just like it's not going to sound like a well-oiled machine first run. Yeah. You know. Yes. Don't uh, make it perfect. It's like, trying, make to, it it's like trying to like ride a bike for the first yeah. time at the age of thirty. You're going to fall off, and it's going to be a pretty embarrassing and devastating yeah, effect. But that's hard. That's but, really hard to get over, isn't it? That's a hard thing to shake. It's a total, totally rational adult human thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Of course, uh, but you have to fight and work to sort of just push past it and just mm. put stuff out there and just, yeah, just, this is the thing I bang on about it as well. It's just, you've just got to put it out there. You know, don't make it perfect, make it now. You know, wonky, make it wonky, get it out there. Yeah. You can iterate and improve and change and add and amend. It's never you... been easier to do that. Either. Yeah, oh so God, like... yeah. All the tools are disposable to just get something out there. And I just think, you might spend your whole life waiting for a perfect thought or a perfect this or perfect that. It doesn't exist. Mm. I mean, it might do. And there are amazing people <laughs> out there who make wonderful things. I just personally wouldn't gamble on it. I'd yeah. rather, you know, place my chips in the position of, I'm just going to do it. Mm. I'm going to see, you know, and then then build on it. Then you might be like, actually, no, I might hold back for a little while because I know I can get it there. But to definitely to begin, yeah. you've just got to try, haven't you? With so many passion projects on the go as well as your day job as well as all the other things you like to do in your in your spare time of what spare time you have left (laughs) uh have you ever suffered from a bit of burnout at all and what was that like because you're a very energetic busy (laughs) person like did you deal with it well and how did you overcome it um i think i'm a lot better at it now i don't tend to get burnout too much i think because i feel like i've got a really good routine in a sense of um in the evenings during a working week i will work but that's monday to thursday monday tuesday wednesday thursday in the yeah. evenings i'll work friday night saturday night sunday night me and my wife hang out we watch films together and we with our boy um so i sort of naturally have a four four versus three break anyway my brain's still sort of ticking along when things are busy which means sometimes i don't sleep as well but (laughs) even that the the fact i you know i have to stop i want to be a good husband i want to be a great father so it it it, if you're just left to your own devices it's so easy to be like no i'm having tonight off and then you just slide over to the laptop right Mm. and then you've just wasted not even wasting you've just spent two hours actually your brain has switched mode. You're back in work mode, whatever form yeah, that takes. I'm bad at this. Um, and I think that because then when you start your week again, you're just like, oh, I don't feel like I've mentally had a break. Whereas for me, I'm excited for Monday. I don't dread Mondays. I love Mondays. And actually, Sunday night, I start getting excited. So that's sort of how I am now when my boy is just over two and a half. And so for the last two and a half years, we've, mm. we've been like that. And since I've been with my wife as well, she is a jewelry designer and maker. And so she's very understanding and exactly the same. She yeah, she works in the evening. So we, we have a, an understanding of that. But prior to that, 
yeah, I and that was back when my time management was bad and my health was bad. Sure. Um, I just, I just, I would recognise periods of burnout, but it doesn't make it any easier. To, you yeah. just, you're just tired. <laughs> you're grumpy. You're not you. You don't think great of yourself. So I and I, but I think I always know that. Okay, I do understand why this has happened. Yeah. I pushed it too far. Mm. Um, it's just nice to recognise that, and but also changing your situation again. all the time. You know, I'm sure as my boy, you know, when he's four or so, goes to school, our our situation is going to change again. Um, and then it's about being reactive to that thing. Yeah, but that's like refreshing to hear as well because I think some people will probably, you know who you know follow you in social or have seen your talks before probably think oh he must work day and night on all this stuff no, and I it's don't. like no like he's a normal human being at the end of the day we all have the same amount of hours in a day and he blocks out his weekends so yeah yeah basically uh, to try and keep sun and also and, yeah to you know, do to be a human being and to get into that routine now it means it'll just be a good habit that's yes because actually you. you can go longer because you're healthy and you're happy and your mind's there and it's, yeah, you know, the minute me and my wife are trying to actually just be in bed by 11 and the minute we've slipped into a thing where about, we'll see 11 on the clock and we're both like, oh, we'll start wrapping up what we're doing. And then you're not in bed till midnight. Yeah. And then your brain's wired and it's like, oh, hang on, this is getting silly. So we're even just that trying to just dial it back a little well, bit. Yeah. Well. Because he's been getting up earlier. He's going through something and he's waking up earlier. And that suddenly, you know, being woken up at, at, at half five is a big difference to seven. Yeah. So sort of just basically just trying to make micro adjustments to everything all the time. And I also find just like sleep is just so important yeah. as well. Like you can, you're a completely different person if you've oh, had totally. six hours instead of four and a half hours oh, or yeah. whatever it is. And yeah. it's like, I'm kind of pretty protective of that now. But. And I think that's a good thing to do. And sometimes, but also that's nice because then you know, it's going to be a mad week. It's delivery week. I am ready and prepared that I will be going to bed late. That's great because you, you've you made that choice. Yeah. You're not sort of chugging along and, and things are sort of spiraling out of control. You've sort of made that conscious decision because you've looked after yourself most of the year and then you're yeah. like, right, it's kind of like a boss level fight. Yeah. You know, I've, this big project <laughs> I'm telling, telling you about early, you know, I, this, this is going to be a... Uh, a hell of an end to the year. I'm so unbelievably excited and I'm sort of like, right, here's a challenge then. Come on. Yeah. Let's go. You know. Um and I like that. It is. It's kind of like being tested, but but you've you've you know, you feel like you've done you've put in the hours enough on the game to, you know, be ready for it. You're XP and you're up here. <laughs> you're up, you're ready, you got your shields, you got your gear, just do it. You know. Level up. Uh right. So to wrap up, yeah. we've got some listener questions. Oh, nice. I feel like I need a jingle for listener questions. Here's but. listener questions now. What will the people say? Who knows? There you go. There we go. Well, we just yeah, use free. that as a soundbite. <laughs> Get a wee soundboard. <laughs> uh, so I think it's meant to be Johan, John, and John. Sorry. Fuck me, people. Like, I'm an absolute moron. Give me a name I can pronounce. Like, But anyway, sorry. Let's call him J-Man. I, yeah, J-Man. There we go. From London has asked. Uh, if someone was to make an animation about your life, what adventure would you want it to be about? <gasps> wow. Oh, that would be awesome. I, I presume it means it could be like a fictional one. As in what from, what bit from my life? Do you know what? I think I just like the adventures of, of me, my boy, my wife and my dog. Just a little family, a family tale of us all making stuff and doing stuff in a, like a real Michel Gondry style, fantastical, wonderful Studio Ghibli-esque magical journey through laughter and fun and madness and weirdness. That yeah. sounds awesome. So uh, if J-Man can make that happen, that would be ace. Yeah. Thank you. 
Sam, way better name, uh, from Bristol. Oh, big up Local, Bristol. Uh, asks, do you have any plans for any more books? And also, who's your favorite non-Ardman animator? Oh, good question. Hi, Sam. Thanks for the question. I would love to write another book, actually. I, one of my, I try and make yearly goals, sort of have a little bit of a plotter for what I'd like to mm. try and achieve. And write a proposal for a new book was on it. But I realistically, I'm not going to get on that until next year. And I, don't, I want it. And actually, it's great because I'm going to write a new set of talks for next year. And the talks inform my first book and it's all quite uh, interconnected. Cool. So actually, I feel like I've got another year of experience, another yeah. year of stories, another year of things happening. Um, so yeah, I would like to write a tr treatment sort of thing for the Do Book Company next year and just slide it under yeah. the nose and go, here's what hey I think I'd really, I'd really like to, to, to what do you think? Um, so yeah, so watch this space. I would love that to happen. Um, in terms of animate, oh, uh, there's so many great animation places in the world, isn't there? Really, I love the sort of the work of um, uh, Golden Wolf, of Studio Ghibli. Um, one of my, well, probably the favorite film of all time is uh, actually not two is Akira. Okay. I watched that when I, I have seen that. Oh my days! Someone lent me the cassette when I was at school in the nineties, and I had never seen anything like it and i mean now it still blows my mind both technically but also the themes and it. it's such a huge huge film I, again as a teenager yeah. <laughs> it just blew my mind it's, it's 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 some of the most staggering beautiful animation you'll ever see in your life and it's you know done by hand yeah. you know cell cell animation and then wally is is one of my other uh. old time phase my boy has just started watching it which i'm so thrilled about and i love the use of non-dialogue in that, that i was you know, just about to say like that is part. one of the most he's so endearing isn't he yeah. you love him you want the best for him and he's if a you were robot. to say to anyone here watch 45 minutes of just silent animation effectively you'd probably think you'd be bored at your nut but it's so heartwarming and beautiful yeah, so there's some of my my favourites, and you know, I I I I obviously grew up an old man fan, and obviously mm. seen Wallace and Gromit and things like that growing up. So I, I've sort of always had uh, animation in in a big part of my like creative love and stuff like that. So it's yeah, it's it's lovely seeing what this, there is. We're in a golden age for animation, I think. Um, there's so so much good stuff out there. Awesome. And the final listener question is Sarah from Edinburgh, who asks. If you were able to go to a Halloween party <laughs> as an Ardman character, who would it be and why? Oh, that's a good question. I think, I think I'd have to be Feathers McGraw the Penguin. <laughs> because he is just the best villain. He doesn't say a word. I love, I love, love, love the reveal where he takes off his rubber glove and Wally says, <laughs> you! <laughs> like, he's been fooled. Like, I love the absurdity of that. And he's just the best villain, man. He just, his little black It'd Make a good eye. Halloween costume. Oh, it'd be so, glove just like, just, and you wouldn't have to say anything to anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I would go as Feathers for sure. I'd but, probably go, hmm, I don't know. The wrong trousers, but just the trousers. Oh, like, just the trousers. Not a top half. <laughs> nice. What like would you do those... for the top half? Well, like just, just I, I would just be a set of trousers. Oh. But you know, the, like those Halloween costumes where you kind of almost your legs become oh, the legs yeah, or something yeah, else. Yeah. I kind of do it like that. Yeah, do it. That'd be weird. And it's just like this giant set of trousers walking around. Oh, yeah. The Auburn uh, Halloween parties are a thing to I model. can imagine. The model makers <laughs> put everyone to shame. We, when we first joined, it was, um, I joined in the summer. 
um, and, but we were in a separate building um, to, to this one before we all, all joined. And so when we all went to the first Halloween party as a team, we were kind of new. People didn't know mm. us. Oh, my day. We were sort of really excited and freaked out. There were, people went to town. Someone came dressed as the girl coming out of the TV in the ring and had a TV set suspended around his waist the Jesus. whole time. Never broke character. That's another level. Was always hanging over. Oh, my days. It was amazing and really freaky. I remember like seeing a set of uh, Duracell batteries in Aberdeen when I was a student, but they were all like stuck together, like a set of batteries. <laughs> oh, my all, God. So it was like eight lads all just having to walk around. What, just... just- like, sticking to it like yeah, yeah. wow that is commitment isn't it yeah and also like a, a friend of mine shout out to lee with him and his pals once all dressed as bowling pins and it became like this thing that was on like the lad bible and like, <laughs> like an instagram video but basically they all lined up in the street and a police car knocked them down like this like tapped them and they all like <laughs> well hang on they convinced the police to be like well, they all like this were like and then like it was like one mile yeah but amazing the, the cops were like yeah we'll do it we'll run him over yeah <laughs> they're like totally like you know commended that, for it for their like interacting with the community and awesome. all this kind of stuff anyway gavin it's been an absolute pleasure oh, to have you. you on the show and come and visit the Yardman offices hq um and thank you very much for taking the time out your day to do it i do really appreciate it oh, uh, thank you for having me i very much appreciate is it. there anything you would like to do a shout out for oh. obviously everyone please go and see farmageddon when yes, it comes out please do that'd be awesome thanks for the shout out well done, mate. <laughs> uh no just big ups to all the odd man mandem gyaldem of course uh just just big love to everyone listening and um if anything i've said is useful or helpful i can be helpful in any way please do drop me a line on the tinternet i'm all over the tinternet if you search for my name which is gavin strange i'd be very happy to help if i can be and uh stay awesome and be lovely to each other excellent so to wrap up as per usual folks please head over to the website the mitmpodcast.com that's the mitmpodcast.com where you can find all the different episodes and more information about the show Head over to your favorite podcast platform, hit the subscribe button, which means that you will always be notified when a new episode goes up. And while you're there, please leave a review because it's a nice thing to do and it helps out the show and bring other people into the show as well. So that's it from us here. Thank you very much for listening and I hope you found some method in the madness.